Beat with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. When Alyssa Guerra became a mother, she was exposed to teaching others for the first time and found that she loved it. She opened a kindergarten in her hometown and studied at home while providing for her young family. She had little in the way of teaching resources when she started out teaching very young children. So Alyssa created her own materials. She put a special emphasis on encouraging respect for others and valuing diversity in culture, art and music. Pearson Education published 12 of her textbooks for preschoolers and their educators. And the school that she founded has grown along with her three children providing primary and secondary education. And her model has been franchised across Mexico. Alyssa Guerra is a member of UNESCO Futures of Education International Commission and Global Teacher Prize finalist for 2015 and 2016. And she joins me on the line now. Elisa, welcome to Life Beats. Thank you so much, Sally. I'm very happy to be here. We're excited to have you on the show. It is wonderful to have you here in the UAE. Now, we uh, would love to hear from you about your story because, you know, how you developed your own passion for teaching to become an award-winning educator. <laughs> well, as you mentioned before, I, I never imagined that I was going to become a teacher. I became a teacher mostly by accident. When my firstborn uh, came, I just wanted to give him the love of reading, art, music, and cultures. And I began to teach him at home. Uh, we had a wonderful time. I taught him to read. We did music. We did math. We, we did English. Of course, Spanish, which is our native language in Mexico. And by the time he was ready to go to kindergarten, I was not able to find a school in my native uh, Mexico, in Aguascalientes, the city where I come from, that was stimulating or challenging enough that will nurture his potential. So I um, enrolled him in uh, one of the schools, then another one, then a third one, and finally I decided that if I wanted my kids to have the kind of education that I ambitioned, I will have to found my own school. And that's what I finally did. I found uh, a little preschool in my hometown, which has uh, grown with, with my kids. And uh, now we provide up to ninth grade education in Mexico and in other four countries in Latin America. Elisa, what did you see when you were putting your children into school? What did you see in education that you wanted to see change to activate children's well, learning of course there were so many good things the teachers were very caring and warm the schools were bright the premises were wonderful but i found that the content of um, of the education curriculum itself was not very engaging was very traditional very repetitive kind of boring even and uh, i wanted something different i knew by this time that kids have just enormous potential and I felt that um, we were losing precious time to, to foster that potential in a joyful way. That's what I was looking for. That's, that's what I was not able to find. And that's why it drove me into founding the school. When we talk about uh, early years learning, what is 
the ideal environment? What does that look like? What does the curriculum look like that we should be aiming for when we want to, to teach our kids? I think that we could summarize it in saying that we want a rich environment with lots of opportunity and stimulation. Also a very warm and nurturing and happy environment because of course we want our kids to be happy, to be safe and to be bright. And for that you need an environment that not only helps the child develop his or her cognitive skills, but also non-cognitive skills, emotional well-being. It's very important. Uh, so what I envision is a world where we respect the abilities and the potential of uh, under six, of every child under six, of every child, any age, <laughs> really. Um, and we provide this kind of enriched environment. Lots of music, art, culture, movement, physical movement that is so important for little ones. Um, and of course, an environment where they can thrive and they can find also social opportunities to collaborate. Um, it's interesting, Elisa, you know, you're talking there about the arts, the importance of the arts. We see a lot of schools, you know, in the West uh, even, they cut down the first place where a cut in education funding happens is often in the arts. Why are the arts so incredibly important in your opinion? Isn't that weird that uh, the first thing they cut is not only arts, but also physical movement, physical exactly. excellence activities. Yeah. And they are so important. I mean, art just helps you develop your sensitivity and also thinking skills. I was amazed to find out that there's even a program at Harvard. It's called Artful Thinking, which helps kids uh, develop thinking skills through the arts. So we were very happy to integrate that into our, into our programs. But also, a child uh, that can express himself or herself through the arts grows um, tremendously in, in his uh, self-confidence and, and also, of course, the sensitivity that brings you from just enjoying whatever is beautiful around us gives you a very special way to look at the world. And about um, physical activities, they increase the oxygenation to the brain. And of course, a brain that has more oxygen is a brain that can function better. Uh, so all of these activities are good by themselves, but also good because they can foster as well cognitive uh, skills. Also important, absolutely important. Um, it's interesting because I, I've interviewed many people, you know, around uh, creativity and harness, harnessing the power of of, of leadership and uh, becoming successful later in life. And you know, um, it, you mentioned there uh, that children need to enhance uh, their creativity. How do we? make sure you know a lot of them people like robin sharma they talk about this all the time you know um in terms of when we grow up as kids we are born curious we are born with wonder but as we grow and as we move through the education system even we lose that curiosity that creativity that sense of wonder so how do we make sure that we not only don't lose that but we enhance that and we encourage it that's a wonderful question, Sally. And, and of course, we want that for our kids. We want the creativity to stay alive. We want them to have this creativity for the rest of their life. And, you know, sometimes when the programs are so traditional and structured, they give very little room for 
just exploring and uh, finding different ways to, to have fun and to learn. And I think that's one of the key components that is missing in many traditional systems, uh, to be able to have lots of different opportunities, lots of different environments. Creativity comes from being able to take ideas from one subject, from one area, and uh, translate it to other areas of knowledge and to other areas of life. And if the school is only an academic pursuit, then you are cutting the room for that creativity to just flourish. Pretty much what we were saying about the arts, but it's not only limited to the arts. You can be creative in many other ways that are not only artistic, of course. Mm. Absolutely, 100%. Um, One of the things that I love that you talk about as well is that uh, children need to be taught public speaking skills from a young age. Talk to me about uh, how do we make that happen? Why do you think that's so important? I think it's important because no matter what you do in your life, being able to passionately and convincingly defend your points of view to an audience, it's a skill that will serve you very, very well. It doesn't matter if you're in sales, if you are a doctor, if you're an architect, whatever your walk of life you decided to be, it's, it's a skill that it's always going to be good. So what, what I do, what we do at our schools is we teach um, public speaking skills beginning in third grade. Kids learn to, to prepare a, a, a subject that they are passionate about, to argument about that. Of course, they do research. Uh, they prepare their PowerPoint presentation or whatever presentation format that they choose. They learn to handle the equipment. They learn to stand in front of an audience and be confident and use their body language to transmit their message. And um, we were able to have uh, seven of our students to become TEDx speakers last year. We're aiming for another cohort of, of students to also become but all of them, from third grade on, they present a lecture to their parents and to the school community. Um, and do they do that every year until they graduate at ninth grade. And they do it both in Spanish and in English. And uh, you know what? They love it. <laughs> That's amazing. You know, that is brilliant. Because um, I feel like, you know, oftentimes we do underestimate what children can actually do and and like you say you know they sit there in a classroom and they're just you know mostly pacified um into just sitting still and and not exploring their potential it's very passive yes many many of the schools are very passive they are just delivering information to the children and they have little to do or to say Mm. that's a shame Mm -mm. Absolutely. I, I want to come back. Just stay with me on the line, uh, Elisa. I want to come back and talk to you about your work with UNESCO and uh, other initiatives that you have planned, uh, what you've got planned here for the UAE, and uh, to talk a little bit about uh, the event that you are going to be part of as well. Uh, lots more to come here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Yes, we are back with uh, Elisa Guerra from Mexico. She is uh, a double finalist in the Global Teacher Prize. And she is uh, also somebody who works with UNESCO as well. Elisa, talk to us a little bit about your work in education uh, with UNESCO. 
Thank you, Sally. Well, this is a new initiative that UNESCO just launched uh, last September at the, the United Nations General Assembly Week. And um, this uh, new project consists mainly in uh, having a new global report formulated. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, they have convened an international commission made up of uh, 16, 17 people from all walks of life, not just education, but also business and uh, arts and, you know, community servers, that kind of thing of people. The chair of the commission is the actual uh, president for Ethiopia, uh, Mrs. Uh, Sadi Woksili. And we're going to be working during two years, for two years. Uh, we're going to meet three times at uh, UNESCO's headquarters in Paris. And um, we're going to be working with the collective intelligence because we're going to be um, receiving information and proposals uh, from people from around the world that want to take part in, in this report. And at the end of this period for for the uh, event that they are going to have for this reason on the 2021 November, they are going to launch this project, which the tentative name is uh, Futures of Education Learning to Become. It's a title that I just love. Um, and uh, this report... Uh, want to reimagine and rethink how education should be if we want to move forward to 2050. And with all the challenges the world is facing right now, global warming, the fourth industrial revolution, technology versus humanity, and, you know, all these hot topics around the world right now, how can we integrate these challenges to education to be successful? Absolutely. This is uh, really just at the top of the agenda when it comes to uh, education. Uh, and, and so you'll be looking at, at these various countries and, and how they deal with these challenges then? Yes. As I said, mm. the International Commission will be working with the, the, the inputs from many people. Uh, there's going to be a website. There are going to be places where people can drop in their ideas. And it's going to be pretty much an integrative uh, work. Uh, and then we need to come up with the with this global report, which is to, to, to set the agenda for the route that education should take. Well, we would love to follow that and, and see the progress of the Futures of Education uh, report, because uh, this will be very important. And at the end of that, um, once the report is put together, what do you see happening after that? Well, um of course, it's just going to be a document. It still needs to be a follow-up. Right. Are we really on track? Are we really doing the things that we find that mm. are important to do? Yep. Um, and we will have to just to wait and see uh, how we can integrate those recommendations into education systems around the world. You know, I love the name Futures because it relates to something very plural. It's not just one future, the future. Yes. There are many realities, many different contexts, and we just can't talk about one single outcome for all of these realities. That's why I love the name so much. So let's see how the futures <laughs> hold. Because this is vital. What well, you know, you touched on a point there, and, and this is something that you do in your work as well: diversity the importance of understanding the different realities of, of people all over the world, that it is not a one-size-fits-all. 
Um, this is really vital to education outcomes, isn't it, Elisa? Yes, that's correct, Sally. You're hitting the nail. You see, we can no longer say that we are from Dubai or we are from the UAE or Mexico or United States or the UK or whatever. We are not just citizens of a country now. We are global citizens. And this is a term that has been ringing around in, in the last years, a lot in education, and I think it will continue to be ringing around. Being a global citizen is being able to embrace all the different the diversity, not only in the classroom, but uh, around the world. And now you are here working in the UAE as well uh, as part of uh, Masterminds. Talk to us a little bit about the work that you're going to be bringing here and the expertise that you are going to be sharing. Well, I am very happy. I think uh, here at Masterminds for a couple of days now. Right now, I am going into the classrooms. I am working with the kids. I am uh, working with the teachers. We're going to conduct some teacher training later on today. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to have a big event for parents, for all parents of the little kids, early early childhood uh, parents. And uh, that's an event that every parent can attend for free. They just need to register at the Mastermind's uh, website, which is mastermind.ae. And um, I am very happy because what we are pretending to do at this uh, event is to let parents know the importance, importance of early childhood development. There is actual research on early childhood development that tells us that there are very specific things that we can do to increase the intelligence and the learning abilities of our children in a way that is, at the same time, respectful and joyful. And um, I am very excited about sharing these tools with parents and, and learning also more about you know, culture and diversity and these kind of things that I am passionate about. I am very happy because I have seen beautiful things here in the work of, of Masterminds. We are a sister school. Masterminds is a sister school of our schools in Mexico. Mm. We are driven by the same philosophy, believing in the potential of every child. We have um, the, the same groundbreaking uh, innovative teaching methods. We are both affiliated with some um, uh, institutes that uh, devote to early childhood education in the U.S. and around the world. So it's, it's been a very humbling and warming experience. It's fantastic, but it, it kind of um, takes me to the final question that I, I want to ask you, um, Elisa, and that is about early education. When it's done right, what kind of an impact can that have on a child's lifelong learning and success outcomes? Wow, what a wonderful question. You know, many people believe that early childhood education is just way and that's easy and the best kindergarten is the one that is around the corner. You know, they don't give early childhood education the importance that it deserves. And um, some people are amazed to know that Nobel Prize laureate James Heckman, he won the Nobel Prize in 2000, in the year 2000 in economy. His groundbreaking work, his most important work, has been precisely on early childhood development. He was able to demonstrate from an economic standpoint that uh, the greatest return of investment 
lies in early childhood education, not only in academic gains for children, but also in health, in, of course, economic uh, terms in the future, happiness, it decreases criminality, criminal rates. It just impacts the whole life of a child. Whatever is happening during the first six years of life, it's going to have an impact, positive or negative, in the rest of the life of a child. Incredible. And I want you just from your own experience, uh, Elisa, to just share with us, you know, some of the stories of the kids that you have seen grow and change and develop and what they were able to achieve with the right education. Oh, wow. Well, (laughs) there are so many. (laughs) A couple that might stand out to you. Yeah. Yes. Well, um, our kids, for example, in, in Mexico, we've been running this school for 20 years masterminds here it has been going on for four years so there's um they they already have a huge uh success stories but in in mexico where education is not as diverse and as challenging as you have here in the ua the challenge is even greater and um, we have had kids to win uh, science projects science initiatives as i said they have become tedx speakers they have won also research awards at the uh, secondary school, high school level, uh, international uh, awards. But what amazes me the most is that they do it so joyously and easily. You don't see them suffering through these kind of things by enjoying them every every step of the way. Right now, I am conducting a podcast with uh, my students. I still I am still an active teacher active classroom teacher and uh, I teach language and social uh, studies and um, you know integrating technology with uh, traditional subjects it's always a hit and that's what we're doing right now with our podcast and kids are learning not only the content of the subject area but they are also learning the technical aspects of uh, developing this this podcast so I am very hopeful about what the future uh, it's going to bring us all, the kids, the teachers, the schools, <laughs> all together. I have a feeling that you're going to be uh, bringing us uh, the, the newest radio presenters once you're done with your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing work. Fantastic. Uh, Elisa Guerra, what an absolute pleasure it is to have you here on Life Beats. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Sally, for having me. And, and uh, thank you for this opportunity to, co- to talk about what I am passionate about. Fantastic. And uh, uh, Elisa is part of the uh, Masterminds uh, School uh, project and event that is happening. Uh, they have a conference that's going on. Uh, there is a lot more to come here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.